prosecutors showed new text message exchanges between Balwani and Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes. So I go into the room to resign and I have my letter of resignation all printed out, typed up, and I hand it in as I'm, I'm resigning. He took it from my hand, snatched it, threw it back at me, says I won't accept it. It's always sunny in Balwani part two. Let's go. Welcome to Fraudsters, where we deep dive into the minds of the greatest con artists and scammers of all time. Listen, if you're a lion, hustling, no good huckster, we're coming for you. I'm your co-host, Sina Gazdavi, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. Follow me on Twitter and all the socials at Sina Now. Follow Justin Williams on Instagram or Facebook at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. Follow Ariel Lieti on Twitter at Ariel Lieti. The forecast for this week is, of course, it's still sunny. Today, we're getting into the heart and mind of our dear friend, Sonny Balwani, the only way we can. Reading through his texts with Elizabeth Holmes. Let's get into it. All right, guys, here are the text messages from Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, As spoken by me, here we go. When your family is here, I feel lonely. (laughs) Because you spend a total of 10 seconds with me a day. My new life as of this night and forevermore. Total confidence in myself. Best business person of the year. Focus. Details. Excellent. Don't give a what what anyone thinks. Engage employees in meetings by stories and making it about them. For example, prepare well. No response. Awesome, baby girl. You're listening and paying attention. (laughs) I am taking some liberties with the text messages. I hope you guys can see where I have ad-libbed. Yeah. Didn't say baby girl. Baby girl. Baby girl. Sonny always you. said baby girl. I love you, girl. I admire your wisdom and your strength and your decency and kindness. I'm sorry I wasn't stronger for you this morning. That is my responsibility and my role. I will never let that happen again. Oh, my God. I'm strong enough for me and you and then some girl. (laughs) I don't need you to be strong for me. I have the privilege of being able to calm you as a mother energy. That's strong. You are different strong. Can you feel what I mean? My job is to love you when you're stressed. I know, girl. Okay. Wait, but (laughs) should be noted that each Uh, of those lines from Elizabeth Holmes I have the privilege that strong. You are different. Yes. They're all separate text messages. These are all separate texts. Yes. So, so you could, you know, if people do that, yeah, they could, do, 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 do. they're just like they're just stream. I of, mean, stream of conscious. I actually feel, uh, I feel her right there because I do that. So I wish you wouldn't make fun I, of people like us. I am like that as well. Okay. This is how I text. Okay. Good. It's you so, say you were you were like Justin, a mother. It's so like it's, it's also so weird. I have mother the, energy. The way it alternates from like a girl boss CEO energy into like the most traditional arrangement of it's like I need to be this prepared, tell stories, to be this boss, and then it's like actually my role is actually to care for a man when he feels stress. Mm-hmm. I'm like when he feels low, I lift him up. <laughs> Uh, urban Sonny Balwani is now my favorite Sonny Balwani. Yeah, that's fine. This is this isn't urban Sonny Balwani. This is uh, just a man, like a like a man you met on Hinge. How about that? <laughs> so don't even it's you, not who he is. Sonny Balwani from Hinge. You're speaking with everyone in your giddy voice. Excessive use of awesome. Thank you, thank you. Forever heart emoji. You are my Madiba now. <laughs> just just a note Madiba is the like name that Nelson Mandela was given by South Africans it's like <laughs> it's it's like it, it, it's like for an Indian person it's be like saying you are my Mahatma now it's like that name is only that Crazy. no only you know nobody gets to be Madiba except for Nelson Mandela okay this is a lot oh, oh 
This is incredible. Awesome makes me happy. I have molded you. This doesn't serve the soul of the universe. That's a problem. I feel like the molded thing seems, you know, it's another synonym for molded, groomed. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's also how do these people these text messages are so dumb how did these people like <laughs> get anywhere near like stamford and like this is like crazy talk it's also they're not having a converse this is not a conversation these are just words being thrown at each other they're not like receiving each other do you know what i mean like this isn't a conversation yeah yeah it, it shows you how much i think of the i think it's this commentary kind of on the business world right where a lot of it is like performative jargon so it, it's like a space to create. Like if I come into a room and I go, what we're going to do is create a great synergy between our three different capital gains. And then we're going to do those things here. If you look at this stream, this stream and this stream, it's like somebody's going to buy that shit, you know, because yeah. it sounds like, you know what you're saying. And that's what this is. Yeah. When you like all sort of texting or, you know, speaking into the void, you can feel like you're just saying it for yourself. Like you don't need anyone on the other end to hear you. And they're just doing it for themselves, it seems like. They're just on their own islands. Infinite love for you in every breath. Let's focus only on business. Zika, publications, CTN submission studies, submissions and clearance. Science cannot be denied or refuted. Love. More love. <laughs> <laughs> these people are, these are maniacs. This is like doesn't make any sense. This is insane. This is like subway people. Like if I if I go on the subway, <laughs> I would hear I would hear like a guy going, Zika, publications, submission studies, and submission clearance. I'm a computer. Love. More love. <laughs> it's true. Oh. Missing you with every breath and in every cell, girl. Ditto. You live in my eyes. I see you everywhere. <laughs> Ditto is also another way of just giving an eye roll, isn't it? It's just Ditto like, is very much like, how are you feeling? I'm fine. Like, it feels <laughs> passive aggressive, but God bless. It's like, Ditto, I'm fucking busy. Yeah. Ditto. You live in my eyes. I see you everywhere. It's like, sir, you have terrible cataracts and you have to go to an optometrist. <laughs> Missing you in every breath and every cell. If, if, I, if somebody said ditto to me after I wrote that shit to them, a fucking soliloquy. Woof. Yeah. I'd be mad. I'm sending you to jail. This is like this is like if you typed into that chatbot AI, it's like how to love. This is what a computer would tell you. <laughs> to say. This guy was probably pretty good in bed, though, right? No, I, I feel like they didn't ever... Like, I feel like maybe they held hands. No, they, no, it was like, I feel it was very, there's an intensity here that where there has to be something because it's not the communication. No, it's not. I th and it's also, I think when two crazy people, like I've been in a two crazy people situation that that is always very passionate, but no one, no one else can understand what's going on. All right. So, uh, so, uh, ChatGPT, I asked ChatGPT, pretend you are Elizabeth Holmes and tell Sonny Belwani that you love him. As an AI language model, I cannot pretend to be a real person. I do not endorse any unethical or illegal behavior. However, I can Ooh. provide some general tips on how to express love in a healthy and respectful manner. Be honest and direct. Focus on positive qualities. Show respect. <laughs> Trash. Okay. Talk about how you can't see nothing except for them because your eyes are messed up. <laughs> my eyes are messed up let, let me continue you live in my eyes I see you everywhere pray we get time of joy and happiness and carefreeness like the birds soon okay this is beautiful well the birds aren't, the birds aren't Preach. carefree they actually a lot of times live in crushing fear of predators I <laughs> I know things are tough, girl, but don't give up on your dreams. Keep focused and keep fighting. Plan, focus, stay organized, and stay in control. One person who has a plan and executes can defeat an army. That, I know what that, you think. That, that is also not true. <laughs> I, this is really, really a distorted view of how war works. Yeah. Why did he not just tweet this stuff? <laughs> hey, Justin Williams, you single-handedly defeated the Taliban out there. Well, I, so I had a plan 
And then I focused. Then I stayed organized. And then I also stayed in control. And that's the way I was able to single-handedly defeat the Taliban. Yeah, (laughs) you did it. (laughs) But these, I would have rather read these on Twitter, like I, he could have got mad retweets. I, you know, things are tough. Don't give up on your dreams. Stay focused. Grind set mindset. Wake up early. Work out. All that shit. I see it. I see him. Yeah, yeah. This is like the kind of stuff Elon Musk also tweets out too when he's yes. not, when he's not trying to like be political. Like this is the stuff where it's like, you know, it's always leaving out the stuff besides their like monster inheritance. Mm-hmm. That too. Yeah, I'd almost read this would be better if it was tweeted. Yeah, it would. It would just look at general motivation instead of like very weird conversations. It's not conversation. Again, still, it's just like nobody's, <laughs> it's frustrating. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. We're just speaking at each other and there's nothing being absorbed. Yeah, it's two motivational posters passing yeah. in the night. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're thinking and going through. Control your thoughts and don't let fear control you. Breathe and in every hour, be conscious of your breath and breathe out fear. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) That God asks us to be responsible for. And whatever you decide and whatever happens is in God's hands. But your focus, attention, thoughts and breath is in your control. Okay. This is really wants this, her to breathe. Yeah, this is this, crazy. This, and this is kind of getting into pimp stuff where yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. You know, let me tell you something. I want to be your sun, your moon, your earth, and your stars, girl. All you have to do is just breathe and be in control, and we're gonna take it to the top. You know what I mean? It's like all nonsensical stuff. Here's here's more. More of them not paying attention to each other. Are you coming home Tuesday? I'll get myself <laughs> comfortable. Let me know what file to use. Mm. Oh, I'll what is that? I'll get myself comfortable. Let me know what file to use. <laughs> what is, is this? Oh, maybe, maybe what we're reading are sexts right now. <laughs> this is it? This file might be File management it. foreplay? Yeah, yeah, I think this might be it. So if people Ooh. look at the text as you can't tell they're in a relationship, yeah, it's all code. Yeah, maybe. Planning to come Monday if all goes well. <laughs> Smiley face. Is it nice to be home? I developed terrible flu yesterday. Oh no, Tiger. Wait. Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> can we talk about Tiger for a second? I mean, we can. That feels uh definitely not like anything I've ever called anyone that I've dated, like Tiger or Bunny or like Really? It feels like a like childish, yeah. I was known as the great tiger. Oh yes. All right. Yeah, oh, I okay. Didn't know that. All I right, didn't know let's that yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I have sex good. Mm, okay. Like a oh, tiger. God. All right, let's keep going. Let's okay. go to the next one. Let's go. Let's... <laughs> Can't stop sniffling and sneezing, girl. <laughs> Just go on the next one. Let me know where the fishy food is. Had almost no food. These people are also illiterate. They cannot <laughs> write any like the the sentences. I'm I'm like translating to the best of my knowledge for you guys. But had almost no food is spelled K N O W. She just made that harder for herself. She added two extra letters to no. She doesn't know the difference between no and no. What school did she graduate from? What is happening here? Yeah. Well, she didn't graduate. She's a dropout. Oh, she's a dropout. <laughs> this it is called a dropout. Whoops. Okay, you're right. But he's allowing this. Sunny Balwani, like, uh, he's gone to every school ever and graduated oh. allegedly in whatever years he graduated because it doesn't say. Yeah, the misspellings are taking this from Hinge all the way down to Plenty of Fish territory. Yeah, I'm in Plenty of Fish. <laughs> I'm in okay Cupid land. Like, what is happening? Ah, <laughs> oh, yuck. Oh, oh, God. Maybe this, again, maybe this is sexting because now I read the rest. Okay, so first she says, let me know where the fishy food is. Had almost no food. Smiley face, big fishy came to eat XXX. What? Okay. Weird. I I don't think, I think we know what that means. Okay, great. (laughs) Yeah, it means a fish came to eat. What? No, well. (laughs) What? Somebody needs to come and eat this fish. XXX. Feed the fish? He's got to eat eel? the fish. And then the fish he's coming <laughs> no. to... You know what? Yeah. No. How do you feed the fish? He's... No. Fish is a... I believe... 
You've never heard the joke. What? Please no, enlighten us, Doctor Williams. Never heard the, the. It's a dirty joke, but fish is oftentimes used as a. Uh, you know, I don't know. Would it be a metaphor for the for a lady's a lady's parts? You know, a blind man walks into a fish market. Okay. And he okay. says, yeah, yeah, yeah. "All right, no, don't lady. stop, now, stop but it there." Still doesn't stop. make sense. Still doesn't make a lot of sense. Smiley face, big fishy came to eat. So is the is the vagina then eating things? Well, that's what I have kind of questions. Could, yeah, that's because he's like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. The fish is a fish store. The fish is getting eaten, and now it's eating. <clears throat> well, maybe yeah. So the fish got ate first. But then it mm. was eating, which could be foreplay. Then it eat. But what did the fish eat? Did it eat some sausage? Maybe. But the fish would die if it ate sausage. You know what, folks? This is a research-based podcast. <laughs> We're bringing you cutting-edge infotainment every week here on Fraudsters. I think the problem is here that it actually is exactly as it says. Like, I don't think this is foreplay. I think they're just dumb. I think they're just really dumb. This is the problem when you get into these circles of money that the money talks for you. You don't actually have to have words at a certain point. Yeah, you, it's like actually being around like certain types of rich people completely gets rid of the idea that America is a meritocracy. Like you're just like, yes. oh, this person's like dumb, but they're just like a legacy. Sla like they 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 were born on third base, or in this case, these two people kind of like they 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 fought their way up to third base. But I think it's because they found out ways to be dumb, like the way th those people are dumb. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like if you speak that dumb language, you I, could be a dumb in that world. I love these text messages, by the way. I really do. We like this is more insight than like a lot of our research has given us because you really get to see like this is when they're not thinking about anything. They're really being vulnerable here in this very very <laughs> hilarious They're, way. No, yeah, their brains are empty. This is what I learned. <laughs> yeah. It's just a dead fish warbling around in their heads. There's nothing going on. Well, let's continue. We still have like 78 more texts to read. Fuck, no. Okay. Uh. <laughs> we can go. Sounds good. Are you out there? I thought you in your bed. Again, I'm assuming it says thought because it's THT. And these people are, again, illiterate. By the way, Christian found a great place at Shutters on the beach in L.A. for New Year's Eve. Let me know what your desire is. <sighs> Went when I came home, since they were hungry. I think so, too. No, they're actually just feeding fish. They're arranging yes, that's to what feed I'm fish in an aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, they're I not think so, too. I'll tell him we're in. Happy face, XO. XO, XO, XO. XO, XO. Love. More love. <laughs> oh Gonna crash early today. Tired. Live for my baby. X, 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 X. <laughs> Hi. Missing you. Hope all is well. Hope you're safe. Worrying about you. It was a full moon last night, and this morning it's pouring rain. Love. What? That's just, you can't just put like the word love at the end of a forecast and try to make it deep. <laughs> it makes no sense. It was overcast with slight showers at noon. Love. <laughs> Brother love. It's, it's God's omen. Prepping XXX. Wait, which one's hug and which one's kiss? Kiss is X, X or O. Hug is O. So we're hugging okay. with an O and we're kissing with a X, 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 yeah. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How can you be, how can you, this is why you can't do a real English accent. This is why you can't do a real English accent because you don't know even the difference between the X and the O, which is big UK energy, but okay. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. Okay. Prepping X, X, X. Okay, how to go? Love. Infinite. Missing you. All right. How are you doing? Ditto. Poetry snaps. Poetry snaps. Paradise is next. Made the flight land 1020. Wonderful. Heart eyes emoji three times. 
Am I participating in the next meeting? Some sort of emoji that I can't see. I love you. I love this. I love you. You are my every breath. Head it out. <laughs> I adore you. I love you so much. You have my heart and my soul for every lifetime, unconditionally. Duh. Literal timeless love. Oh my God. There is not a breath I take when I am not manifesting the best and brightest for the Lord's glory for you, girl. <laughs> this feels like he cop he he copy and pasted this from somewhere. He probably I did, feel like yeah. this this doesn't look real. I a hundred percent have gotten this message from a guy on WhatsApp before, so I'm not really like <laughs> this is not original. You are my true north because you are God's bright shining light. Emoji. Ditto. Now this bitch, you know what? She got everything she deserved because he is saying that he loves her. It's a timeless. He takes his breath away. He can't see anything. And she says, ditto. I'm now on Sunny Balwani's side. I have changed. I'm different now. <laughs> ditto to all do a soliloquy that I wrote for you. Okay. All, okay. So many dittos. She doesn't have the like the the gift of the again. vocabulary. Yeah, she doesn't have yeah, yeah, the pimp yeah. stuff. Because what she was, what she really should say back to him is, you know, birds of a feather flock together, but the eagles never fuck with the doves, so that's why we're <laughs> together. Yes, that would be a proper response to all of that. Yes. Um, hate it. So, like, normally reading someone's text messages is very like fun and exciting, and it's like the thrill of seeing into their world and their psyche. I actually hated that. This yeah. was not. This didn't give me any sort of insight other than that they're both very dumb, and. She doesn't really know how to have a conversation. He just says words at her and probably copies and pastes them to the rest of the girls on Facebook and WhatsApp. Yeah. And that's what I've gathered from their text messages. It's also normally like um, a very mean-spirited invasion of privacy to read uh, people's intimate text out over the air of a uh, you know popular podcast. But yeah. they also, uh, this is one of the good th things about this show is the fact that they're criminals that lied and defrauded people out of a lot of money. So they did. Yeah. So it's. But also, <laughs> again, they said nothing there. Nothing was even said. So did we really do a bad thing? No. Yeah, we had to spice it up. Well, at least I did in my mind. I'm like, well, this fish stuff is about sex. It was just about feeding a fish. No, it was it was 100% about feeding a fish. It was very boring. The text <laughs> messages proved nothing other than that. They like would talk every day, but they'd talk at each other every day. Not really. Yeah, you know, they're, they're the douchebag couple from SNL. Remember that sketch? Like, love you, babe. Love you. Love you. Yeah, love you. Yeah, love you. Love you. Yeah, I love you. You're the fire in my eyes. Yeah, babe. <laughs> yes, they are that. That concludes my dramatic reading of the Sunny Balwani text. You're welcome. All right. Well, besides these text messages, we also actually talked to, as Ariel referenced last episode, with Seth Michelson, who worked at Theranos from 2007 to 2010. He was originally hired as the chief science officer. He worked in the lab and had interactions with Sunny. He talked to us about what it was like working there before Theranos imploded years later. So we're just going to talk about um, your really fun time at Theranos. Does that oh, sound good? Yes. Well, <laughs> it was a treat. I was going to tell you that I started there in 2007, which yeah. is what, 16 years ago. And I was recruited by two guys, Tim Kemp and uh, Jeff Gold something, Goldstein who did not have a clue what medicine was about. They were both IBM and Java and whatever. And they were going to come and they were going to make this an app that was going to sit in your house and all nine yards. And it's just like, that was obscene. That was, that was absurd. So they recruited me to run clinical trials. The problem, of course, is you run a clinical trial on a device that exists. And nothing existed in 2007. But the business model that they had, and to be honest with you, it wasn't a bad one, was that we would work closely with um, pharmaceutical companies to do what's called an adaptive clinical trial on their drug in their patients. 
So if you could figure out whether your patients was go were going to respond to the drug at a particular dose, or you had to give them more of the uh, drug, or you had to give them less of the drug, whether they were becoming toxic or developing an adverse event, if you could figure that out on the fly, you could adapt your clinical trial to increase the probability that you would succeed. That was the business model. Wow. So, and presumably if you do well in a clinical trial, that means you get approval faster. That means you can come to market faster with the drug. And then all of a sudden you're making that, a boatload of money. Well, that's true. However, when I worked for Roche, what we found out was, while that's the nice side, the better side is you don't fail. Right. right. Okay. The amortized cost of failure of a drug program is somewhere about $800 million. Wow. Okay, and if you could change, when you go into what's called a phase 2A trial, yeah, you have a 50-50 chance of coming out the back end and selling that drug. If you could change the 50-50 to 67-33, two-thirds instead of one-half, you would save the company somewhere north of $2 billion a year. Wow. That's the amortized cost of failure. So if you can adapt your trial and your drug to your particular patient population, happy days are here again. You decrease the amortized cost and you get to what you said is I can sell it faster and sooner. And so the presumption is that Theranos' business model in the beginning was let's use this device to test the blood. We can test it very quickly and we can partner with a pharmaceutical company doing clinical trials and be their kind of helper or catalyst through that clinical trial. Is that right? That was the, that was the plan. That was the and plan. That's, it sounds great. I, it's a hell of a plan. That's why I joined. <laughs> if the box worked. Did you ever see the box? <laughs> I, I saw the physical box. It never worked when I was there in 2007, 8, 9, and 10. But you know what? It didn't work after that either. I was going to oh say, it didn't work in 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, no, 16, 17, it, 18, it 19. Never, it never worked. <laughs> now, here's how it goes. Here's how it goes. You run a phase 2A or a phase 1 trial, and you take blood samples from your patients. Hooray, you've got your blood samples. I, my job as chief science officer was to understand the disease you were looking at, systemic lupus erythematosus, atrial fibrillation, myasthenia gravis, whatever drug it was, or whatever the disease was, to go and dig into the literature and understand that to an extent that I would know what's floating around in your blood that would tell me what your stage was and how you were responding to my drug. That was my job. Okay. What happens here is you have in your blood right now, in your blood, somewhere north of 250,000 proteins floating around. You can't test all 250,000. I don't care who you are. So which ones are the most informative? So when it turns out that when you look at things and most of the communication in your blood, think of your blood as a big giant communications pipeline. Proteins float around in there. They go to particular cell types. The cell types will then respond to the signal, and you will react to your environment. That's what's going on. That protein that floats around grabs onto a cell type through what's called a receptor that sends a signal into the cell. The cell then responds to that by upgrading DNA. The DNA then becomes RNA. The RNA then be, uh, results in a protein, and that cell does something in your process. That's how it works. So the short answer here is what are the most informative proteins in your blood that I could sample? Imagine I, you're on your desktop right now, you have a square, a big old square, all right? Okay. That's two dimensions. Now stick an arm up and you have three dimensions, okay? Imagine each one of those is the level of a protein. Now, I take a blood sample from the patients who responded to the drug in my phase 2A trial, and I find that they make a ball somewhere over here, over on the left side of the room, okay? Then I find the people who didn't respond, and I make a ball over here on the right side of the room. I find the people who develop liver uh, toxicity, and they make a ball somewhere over there, wherever they are. So in this three-dimensional space, you have three balls that are floating around. Now, I can tell you how far apart those balls are. 
But in statistics, there's a measure of distance that is specific to the noise that they generate. And that's called the Mahalinova's distance. So I have position in space. I have uh, the distance apart. And now because I can take, uh, you know what 10 microliters is? 10 microliters is a big drop. So I can take sense. a big drop of the blood and I can do it again tomorrow and I can do it again after that. I now have distance and time. Mm. What are distance and time, guys? Basic physics. Oh, I didn't finish school, so this is not. <laughs> okay. Given that you didn't finish school, I will tell you that distance okay. and time is velocity, miles mm. per hour, right? Mm -hmm. Feet I per second. That. You know, parsecs per fortnight. I don't care what they are, but it's distance and time, right? Mm -hmm. Happy days. So I now not only know where you are in that space, I know which direction you're heading because that's just multivariate calculus. And I know how fast you're going there. If I could just reiterate, I think what you're saying, right? So you, each day you can take a drop of blood and you can dis, you can see and analyze where different proteins or where different markers are within a three-dimensional space. And then the next day you test that same blood again and you say, okay, they've moved from point A to point B and we can, and that, that information tells you something about what could be happening with the person. Almost right. I don't test that blood again. I test you again. Okay, I see. Because it's only a drop. Right, right. So I know well, where you are going. And I know where Ariel is going. And I know where Justin is going. And I now have subpopulations of patients responding. Okay, yeah. we did this in three dimensions. The math don't care. I can do it in eight dimensions. It's just the same nonsense, okay? So instead of using vectors, I use matrices, happy days. I know what that means. Great bombs and winners. So that was the original business model, and it was actually a pretty good model if the box worked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, so the way this would work is I would take the blood samples, or I would work with the chemists at... Uh, drug company X, whatever it is, I don't care who it is, they've got their blood samples. Their analytical chemists would work with our analytical chemists and they would derive the assay that would detect the proteins we were looking for. Great. Then the engineers were supposed to miniaturize it so that it only needed a, a drop of blood. Great. Fantastic business model. But they didn't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Guys. The idea was there, but the execution was not. The idea was there, and it was a good idea in 2007. It was a pretty good idea. Um, they just never got it to work. Now, the question is, when you don't have it working, what's your response? Right. Well, the good scientist says, let's go back to the drawing board, or the good engineer goes back to the drawing board and figures it out. Suppose you don't use 10 microliters. Suppose you use 100 microliters, that's 10 drops of blood. And suppose instead of sampling every day, I sample every week. I still know where you're headed and I know how fast you're going. I just don't have the refinement necessary for a day-to-day -day measure. That's what the good scientist does. That's what the good engineer does. That requires, oh yeah, leadership. Oh, mm, I see. <laughs> that requires somebody to look in the mirror and say, you know, guys, we don't have it yet. Something's wrong here. We got to fix this problem. It, well, guess what didn't happen? <laughs> so they, I'm just saying. Do you think they were like ever interested in fixing the problem or do they just wanted to see how long I it would go think, on? I think that they were, they, they made Again, it was that until 2009, it was Elizabeth with Sonny in the background. Sonny was like uh, the Wizard of Oz, the behind the little curtain there, you know what I'm saying? He was a presence, but he was not a formal presence. But he and Elizabeth were always there. And so we would get together, we would meet, we would talk, and they were not, Sonny wasn't in the room, but Elizabeth was. But she would say, you know, guys, we got to fix it, we got to fix it, we got to fix it. But when we told her this is what it would be, you know, well, maybe we could do it this way. Uh, no, you can't do it that way. 
Well, maybe you can do this way. Now, I'm not an engineer. So when the engineers and the lab people say, Elizabeth, we can't do that, you have to trust them. Right. Now, remember, I'm, not, I'm going to detect it, but I'm going to detect it at a level, a concentrational floor. Anything below that, I won't see. You've heard this thing about um, whatever it was, one of the PrEP or one of the um, anti-HIVs is, it's below um, undetectable. It means it can't be detected. Right. That doesn't mean it ain't there. It just means you can't see it. So what happens is as you do your, your assay development, you start with a known amount of the substance you're aiming at, and you dilute it, 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 till you get to a point where you can no longer detect it. And you can now detect so many molecules with some level of accuracy and tell me how many of those molecules are there. And I can now put you on that three-dimensional grid. I know how much you've got. Happy days. That's how it's supposed to have worked. We all accept that. It's very expensive, exceedingly time-consuming. And if you want to be the very, very, very first little, little gem in the world, you don't want to spend the time. But that's how you do it. And it seemed like the entire time they were driven by the business and not the science, even from the outset, from when you even came on board, you even just said, right, the business model was so attractive. That's what yeah. brought you into it. It was it would be a huge kind of leap forward um, yeah. Yeah. when yeah. you when you first kind of said this is not working. Who was the person that was like, no, 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 you got to keep going? Was it Sonny first or was it someone Elizabeth. else before? It was Elizabeth. Everything went to Elizabeth. So it was Elizabeth. Now, how much of that was Elizabeth on her own and how much of that was Elizabeth from behind the curtain? I don't know. But she was the one who would get very upset and very frustrated when we say, you know, that didn't, didn't work. And this is what it would take to make it work. But we have to meet this. We have to do that. We have to get a contract with. Now, I don't know whether any of you read the book um, Bad Blood. Uh, portions, yeah. Okay, I'm on page 84, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You saw how I resigned, right? Yeah, we know We know you resigned, and we know you, you filed suit as well. I did not file suit. Oh, okay. No, no, they threatened to file suit against me. Ah, uh, right. When I went to genomic health. And I actually talked to my corporate counsel and Kathy, what's going on here? She said, don't you worry about it. Let me take care of it. And lawyer went on lawyer and I won. Got so it. they threatened me. I never threatened suit with them. But the way the res resignation occurred, and you got to now picture that I'm six foot two. I weighed at the time about 260. Okay. Size of a nice big linebacker. Right? I was going to say linebacker. I didn't want to assume, but yeah, okay, uh, great. Yeah. It's about that size. And Sonny's about, what, a blazing 5'8", five, 5'7". Five, <laughs> At the time, he weighed about 165, 170. So okay. I go into the room to resign, and I have my letter of resignation all printed out, typed up, and I hand it in as I'm, I'm resigning. He took it from my hand, snatched it, threw it back at me, says, I won't accept it. Jesus. And so I looked at him and I said, what makes you think you get a vote? He says, I will not accept this. You take it away. I said, here's how this is going to work. I said, in 1863, President Lincoln freed the slaves, pal. <laughs> yeah. So two weeks from this minute, I won't be here. All right? <laughs> you want to keep putting money in my bank account? God bless you. But I won't be here. I said, deal with it. So they threw me out. They literally threw me off campus. Like Jazzy um, Jeff style? Well, <laughs> after they threw me off campus, here's what happened. They said, you just can't leave us hanging. So what we want you to do is take your computer home and finish up all your projects. You may work from home and go download, upload, whatever it is. The work, the day's work every day for the next two weeks. But you're no longer allowed on this campus. What? My office had my personal books, my personal papers. Remember, I wrote four books. Right. Remember, I had 80 published publications. 
my picture of my wife and all the little tchotchkes you put on your desk. They would not let me get them. So what I had to do was make an arrangement with the guy who was security. And he and I were pals. He, He was a buddy. He says, listen, don't you worry about it. You come in, you get your stuff, don't worry. But I had to come on a Saturday because my presence would have lowered the morale of Theranos. Oh, please. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Morale was already pretty low. It wasn't working. Yeah, count <laughs> on it. Count on it. And I had to drive up on a Saturday, load up my car twice, and take it home. That's, That's crazy. That Well, that is the arrogance, if you will, of the organization, because I had the nerve to see through the, the, the charade and to quit. Yeah, I was going to say, and there's also the principle of distance plus time. I had that with an ex-girlfriend where I actually had to drive at a day where she wasn't home and pick up my things as well. There you go. There you go. Okay, so you know what it's like, right? <laughs> was, was, was she nice enough to pack it up for you? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You pack it up, pal. You pack it up. <laughs> Can you take us a little bit to some of your interactions with Sonny? Because we're, we're trying we're trying to focus a little bit more on him, yep. uh, just exploring yep. who he was and what was his presence like with you and with other people in the lab. And I know he oversaw the lab uh, at least after 2008 or nine. And you were saying. Yeah, but be careful. In 2008 and 2009, there was no commercial lab to oversee. They were not running patient samples. This was purely a research lab. And he would go in and talk to the research scientists and they would come out just shaking their heads. I'm sorry. But my personal interaction, I would meet every day, every couple of days with the chief medical officer, Marc de Bonnier. And Marc was a French doctor who used to work for GlaxoSmithKline. I worked for Roche. So we both had years and years and years of experience in pharmaceutical R&D. And remember the business model, right? So Mark and I were working on something. I can't remember what it was. And Sonny strides into Mark's office and he has a book. He holds up the book. He says, I stayed up all late night last night and read this book. And now I know everything you do. (laughs) and i looked at him i said you read a book he said yeah i said i wrote four (laughs) i said so don't start with me you read a book doc then (laughs) took the book now doc was in his 50s and looked at i said oh yeah i had this in medical school and he threw it in the garbage (laughs) wait really in the garbage right in the garbage (laughs) so he went to a used bookstore found this book (laughs) a book now, I'm going to ask you, you seem to be fairly intelligent folks. Do you yes. really believe that in one night you can cover enough medicine to understand and be literate in immunology, pharmacology, uh, infectious disease, cardiology? If so, why does medical school take six years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I come don't, on, people. This sounds like how I would run a business, 100%. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I didn't finish school. I read a book. I know how to do this now. We're this done. is how. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a professor of African history, too. And when a student says, I read the one book, I know everything you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, how did you find the one book they assigned me in graduate school? <laughs> there it is. The one book that they assigned you in graduate school, the one book that Doc had in, in uh, mm-hmm. medical school. You know, come on. But that was the arrogance. That was the utter arrogance. Uh, you had such incredible experience, as you were saying. You were also at NASA for a while, I believe, as well. Um, I was with my first master's in applied math, yeah. First first master's. Incredible. So yeah. my, my thing is, <laughs> after you leave Theranos, do you feel strange about how the world works? Dissolution? Oh God, no, no. It was <laughs> relief, baby. <laughs> Ten seconds after I left, my wife and I were on a plane to Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was the Hawaii Liberation Tour, bro. <laughs> we got the hell out. We went to a bed, sat on a beach. We drank Mai Tais, sat by the pool. 
we ate Hawaiian food. So, you know, no, I, I knew what the world was. I knew medicine. I knew what science was. I knew what the right thing to do was. I actually have something that resembles a moral character, kind of, sort of. <laughs> so I can look myself in the mirror. I can look that guy in the mirror and say, you know, not bad, dude. Not bad. Yeah. So when I left Theranos with Sonny and that arrogance, uh, no, no, no problem at all. And and did I look back and say, what did I do? No, I didn't. I made a mistake. I picked it up. I, I moved on. If you could give yourself some advice in 2007, what would you say to yourself? And how would you say it? Now, now looking back with 2020 hindsight. Yeah. I would have said, you know, guy, probably you should keep looking around. <laughs> All right? I mean, it sounds great on paper. It really does. Everything sounds great on paper. There isn't a startup around that doesn't sound great on paper. And I probably, I did meet with the lab guys, and they did show me some of their stuff. And the first question I should have asked is, is it working, and why are you running clinical trials? Yeah. And if they didn't lie to me, their answer would have been, it isn't working, and we hope to be running clinical trials in the next three years. One thing I always wondered was they could have just continued to be a research facility and kept working. To your point, started at like 100 microliters and just kind of worked their way down to more and more refinements. Is that right? I mean, they had exactly, enough runway. That's exactly what they could have done. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the financial situation was with the money, whether they did have enough runway. I don't right. know. But I do know that you don't lie about it. <laughs> no, that's where you're wrong. That's yeah. you <laughs> that was my problem. You don't lie about it. Come on. Yeah. 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 Now, if you're lying to investors, they should have asked the same questions I should have asked in 2007. And if they're that dumb to lose their money, they're that dumb to lose their money. But you don't lie about it. Most assuredly, if you're going to lie about it to get the money from the investors, you don't treat patients who don't have a chance to do that kind of due diligence. So you just don't do it. There's one last question for you. Thank you for your time. I know you have to get running here. Um, Sonny got more prison time than Elizabeth Holmes. And when the yes. judge was doing the sentencing, um, it really seemed like they were describing Elizabeth Holmes as a creative thinker, as a big thinker, as someone that kind of broke the mold uh, in startup land. But Sonny was a cold kind of uh, snake oil salesman. He was the one doing the actual tangible lying the whole time. It's almost like it seemed that we appreciate a person that's d delusional about something more than someone that's just knows what they're doing is a lie and trying to get make a quick buck. How does that resonate with you? I'm not abundantly sure I, I, I buy that all the way. I think Elizabeth was almost as crooked. That's a personal opinion. Now, just between you and me. Okay. I don't know whether you've read the, the, the medical literature, <laughs> but Stanford just developed a machine that will do what Elizabeth was dreaming of. Oh, Stanford, her alma. Well, Damn. Sort of alma. Yeah. So a real scientist with real engineers doing real work and testing the validity and publishing the results, by the way, yep. just published the results of a, of a device that can use, I think, it's maybe 50 or 100 microliters and find something like a thousand molecules. Wow. Okay. So the dream wasn't bad. But there's a big step between the dream and the reality. Like I said, Elizabeth was a dreamer, and God bless her for it. Now, the whole mythology of being scared of needles, yada, 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 I don't know whether any of that is true. It might be. But the short answer here is that the dream was valid, and had they done it the way it was originally laid out in 2007, if the box could be made to work, then fine. But you can't walk into Pfizer and say to them, we're going to do this for you. And your chemist will work with our chemist and we'll miniaturize it next week. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Engineering don't work that way, folks. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no.
Come on, honey, I shrunk the blood. It there doesn't it work. Is. Hey, honey, I shrunk the blood. That's exactly it. No, 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 no. So if you're sitting at Pfizer, you want to see it working today. Yeah. Maybe it's not on the proteins that you have in your blood bank, but on something, you want to be able to see it. And if you can't see it, then why would you put money into it? And you know what? Pfizer didn't. And so that's what they that's what it was. So did Sonny deserve more time? Personally, I think so. I think I said uh, I were to do this. Elizabeth was more than just a dreamer, I think. I think she was uh, culpable for part of that and making those decisions. But Sonny was the Wizard of Oz behind the little curtain. Okay, guys, I got to go to my Italian class. All right. Ciao. Okay. Big thanks to Seth Michelson, the former chief science officer of Theranos. Uh, What an amazing lesson in physics and science, biology that he gave us and also shared the tea on Sunny. Big thanks, Seth. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Frosters on this beautiful sunny day in Balwani. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Check out the show notes for the show's social media links so you can follow us and see the resources we use for this episode. Frosters is hosted by me, Sina Gaznavi, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Producer is Jordan Aconcia. Production coordinator is Noreen Malik. Editor is Ryan Connor. Our writer is Nick Turner. Our researcher is Emily Fusco. Robert Rosigliano is our intern. Music by Grant Gordon. Executive producer is me, Sina Gaznavi. And this has been a production of Zero Cool and the Last Podcast Network. 